I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast. Laura, it's been a hot minute since you've probably heard that. I've literally got nerves. Like all of Lucy and I have been sitting here chatting for like half an hour and all of a sudden I just got like butterflies. It's been too long. Yeah, it's funny because Laura messaged and was like, we need to have a reunion episode, like where we sort of talk about what we've been up to. And I was like, it doesn't feel like a reunion for me because Culture Vulture has been like continuously going when this bitch, the Lucy soul, has been Living I'm it up, this is sort of the traveling pants dreams. I've been on sabbatical. That's what I'm telling She's been everyone. On I've been on yeah. Sabby. And I truly <laughs> I have been I've been phone off, work phone off, completely completely gone. And I'm gonna have very little to offer today because I feel like I have no idea what's happened in the world of pop culture. All I can tell you about is fetter. <laughs> Well, that's, honestly, it's kind of all I want to hear about. I feel like not that much has happened. If you need to catch up, you can listen to the last um, few episodes of Culture Vulture. I'm sure, okay. <laughs> I'm sure something happened and I talked about it, but I actually have no recall. Um, before we get started, everyone, I'm trying to remember to be better at doing the housekeeping at the start of these goddamn episodes, because all I want to do when we get on the mic is launch right into it. Um but do you know what really helps us with Culture Vulture and making sure we can still do it as a job is you liking, rating, do you even like on podcast apps? I don't know, actually. Leaving a review, subscribing, doing all that really cute, nice stuff, sharing it with your friends. Oh, I'd love we, that. Yeah, we love to see you all sharing Culture Vulture. And do you know what we loved even more than seeing you rate and review was <laughs> you all tagging us in Stanley Tucci boogieing at the Harry Styles concert and saying, Laura needs to see this. Stanley Tucci light needs to see this. Like, I feel like we have culture vulture lore now. I feel like we have inside jokes. I cannot tell you. I got sent it by my friend Pip, who loves culture vulture and listens every week, but is also one of my best friends. So, you know, I thought, of course. And then more messages started coming through. (laughs) At the time. Rupert was reading, or Stanley Tucci, like for those who don't know, is Rupert, was reading Stanley Tucci's memoir at the time. And the whole thing got a bit too meta for me. No, the photos of like this bald little Rupert reading the Stanley Tucci (laughs) book. I sent you a photo of Rupert reading. (laughs) Yes, it went on Close Friends. Don't you worry. And if you're not on Close Friends, come and become a paying supporter because you get this really inside meta shit of Rupert and Greece. Rupert, who is Stanley Tucci light, reading Stanley Tucci's book, and then Stanley Tucci boogieing down at Harry Styles and God, it was too Laura's much. favorite comment of all time, which was <gasps> music for a Tucci restaurant. I don't know no. who said it, but it ruined me. 
It's ruined I me. Die. I die. I need, love basically, it. after that, I went on a little bit of a, on my two minutes of internet time for that week, I went and tried to contact Stanley Tucci's publicist. So uh, if you're listening, <laughs> we want your culture vulture. <laughs> you, what? We want the publicist or we want Tooch? I'll take either, to be fair. <laughs> maybe oh. we should have Stanley Tucci light on you first as a practice. <laughs> no, maybe he can just like pretend that he's Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Because, sorry, culture vulture is not, not, for, not for normal people. It's only for it's, celebs. It's not. <laughs> so if he pretends he's Stanley Tucci, 100%. 100%. God. Okay, stay tuned. Stay tuned, everyone. But, yes, that was my only bit of internet, and I loved it. Other housekeeping is we have a book club, Shit You Should Read About, and this month, this upcoming month's book is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And the book that we've just read is Romantic Comedy, and Belle is interviewing Curtis Sittenfeld, the um, author of that. So if you're part of our book club, again, it's for our paying supporters, you get bonus podcast episodes with interviews like that. You get all our Substack chats, which are unhinged. Um, And Laura actually... You've read a few books over your I have read a sabbatical. lot of books. I've I spent my sabbatical reading. I think I've said it before, but I've got a I've got a freakishly fast reading rate. And it's it's on times like this it really shows. And we were away with nothing to do. I was basically averaging about a book a day. So I read a solid fifteen books while I was on holiday. Um God, and I would I wanted to think about what they were for on my radar, but honestly They've all kind of merged into one. I was telling Luz before, I read essentially the entire back catalogue of Sophie Kinsella, who wrote the Confessions of a Shopaholic series. I read, she, I had it on my Kindle already, and there's about, I swear, 12 of them. I've read every single one, and they definitely blend into one. But another book I read that I love, which I think everyone should read, was called The Stranding. Have you heard of it, Luz? I don't think I have. So it caught my eye because it's set in New Zealand... And it's not normally my genre, but I was quite into it. It's set in New Zealand after an apocalypse. And this girl from London moves to New Zealand. When she gets there, the world's essentially being wiped out by something, I won't say. And she ends up surviving. And it's kind of about her, like, survival in the New Zealand wilderness. And there's a guy there with her. It's super random, but was really, really good. And I would recommend that. That is so random, but I'm actually here for it. And that's good because I was going to ask you, did you have any wrecks um, from your trip? And also, you mentioning On My Radar, which we usually do at the end of the um, episode, reminded me that I have not I have not written anything for <laughs> On My Radar. So, really good start. Do you know what we also haven't done? Is we haven't talked about the co-popper of today's episode, which is, it's, it's hopefully a very light chat, a light one to get us back into it, but it's like, are the Kardashians still relevant? Or what has happened to them? Should we care? Why did we care so much? But before before we get into that, what describes your week? Or was it everything we just spoke about? What? I would say I've pretty much summed up my week with that, I'd hope. But one thing I did want to talk about a little bit that sums up my week is it has been one whole year since I moved away from New Zealand. And that has gone so fast. London Laura has been here for a year. And just something that came up, particularly the last week we were away, was just this idea of like, 
what is what is home and like because you know you get on a plane and you think you're going back to New Zealand but for the first time I kind of got on a plane and I was like I'm going back to London where I live yeah which was super random and I, I know Luce that you had some quite big news that you dropped this week in a similar vein in a similar vein um yeah I'm moving to goddamn Portugal so oh my gosh yeah. funny because Laura and I have been chatting about this uh, maybe I told you a few months ago and it's been sort of happening in the background and something that not many people in our real lives, real lives, or, or online lives, knew about. And then one day I just woke up, I was like, I should probably tell everyone. And it's been like, a lot of people have been saying, you're so lucky, you can do your job from anywhere, you're so like lucky, and like you could just move overseas. And like I will say, yes, I'm really lucky that I can do my job from anywhere, but this has not been a smooth process. Like this has been one of the mm. most stressful processes of my life so honestly but like I am really excited I'm moving with Belle I'm excited to call a new place home for a while it's just gonna be mm. cool and I'm gonna be a lot of people commented that I'll be closer to you for logistic reasons and for friendship thank reasons. god finally for both not doing these at 8.30pm and Lucy in the like dawn <laughs> but or equally so we can actually see each other I know I feel like that just briefly to hold on that for a second, I think it's super important. Like you said, it's not, it can be quite stressful making these decisions and like, it's not super easy. And I do feel like there's that rhetoric of like, quit your job, do something new, pack a suitcase and run out of town. And like, I am not the person to talk on that because I am so type A, you know, I, I physically can't. And even though we moved here pretty fast, like I still didn't exactly just get up and go. But coming from you, that feels quite nice to hear that it's like, yeah. actually, but let's be realistic. Because I am a real get up and go. I'm a like change my life at the drop of a hat all the time. Yes. But this one's been like, in full disclosure, it's going to cost us by the time we get over there, like 10 grand to move over there. It's really Man. expensive. Visa lawyers and shit like that. Like we're going for a Hundies visa. Um, and I'm sure we'll write about it one day, the trials and tribulations of doing this. Because it's been like roadblock, roadblock, roadblock. But fucking just excited to live somewhere new for a while. Be inspired. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's such a big decision given that I loved what you wrote in the newsletter about how you never thought you'd be that person. And you were like, no, I'm really happy in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, I really am happy where I am. And then it's like, all your friends go. But still, you could have been happy. Yeah. Like, you could have stayed. But it's – I'm just so excited for you. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I, it, as soon as it felt like I needed to go – and then Belle was like, what's left here for you? And I was like, true, not that much. It was like... That's such a brutal question, but so good I know. coming from a friend. I know. So good. And so loaded because she wanted me to move with her. So... And what's here for you? Because, uh... <laughs> Darling, if you've got anything left here... <laughs> if you look around, uh, it's just you and Dunk now. No, so, uh... <laughs> it truly was me and Dunk. <laughs> Um, and Dunk, Dunk's got a life. And Dunk has got a, a lot going on. Family, so <laughs> I can't be the apple of his eye. <laughs> and that's why I'm moving. No, what? Why is Lucy always here? <laughs> why does she live in the garden? <laughs> that little gnome. <laughs> oh, that's actually really good that you asked me that though, because that was my what describes my week. Um, moving out. So. God, I should hope so. If anything bigger than that's happened for you this <laughs> week, you've got a 
look. Just quickly on this, because I'm so interested. I feel like we left New Zealand like directly, like kind of as soon as you could after COVID. So it was still very much everyone was there. But from what I like, my friends have said and what people, other people have said, and even like there's been news articles about it. It does feel like there's a mass exodus. Oh, from there at the moment. Is that true? Yeah. Or is that just no. media hype? It's true. And even when we were at uni, people talked about the brain drain, about how everyone leaves when they get their degree. And then obviously we had COVID. So I feel like it just all happened at once. And it does feel kind of crazy though. Everyone, literally everyone I know is leaving. Yeah. Or wants to. We, uh, some of our, like a few of our best friends in there and they're like, yeah, we literally, everyone's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. You just have to, though. Well, I don't know. I really thought I wouldn't, and now I am. Anyway, I have a new segment to bring to you from Producer Ruby. I'm so excited. Producer Ruby, what she got for us? So, it's called Should We Care? Because we're called Shit You Should Care About, and one of the comments that we get the most is, why should I care about this? Why do you oh care about goodness. this? And why aren't you talking about this? Why? So we just sort of be fun. Obviously, a lot of the shit we talk about on Culture Vulture, especially in Naughty or Nice, it's not that deep. You don't have to care. No. And so it's almost poking fun. Like, I'm going to read some stuff out. And it's like, no, we fucking shouldn't care about that. But for some reason, we do. And this is the place you come yeah. for things you don't care yeah. about. <laughs> we literally build a home yeah. for it. And this and is this it. this is it. And so, and Laura, if I read out a new a story and you're like, I don't care, you can just say it even better. You can just say, nah, I don't care about that. We shouldn't care. So this is Should We Care? And it's basically naughty or nice, but it's just a bit more interesting. She's had a rebrand. She's had a rebrand. First, I want to talk about, I, well, I was going to talk about Glastonbury in quite a, quite a detailed way, but actually Laura and I are going to talk about um, Lewis Capaldi and what he's been going through and what happened at his set um, in Glastonbury in the weekend because it speaks to something bigger um, in musicians and mental health, which is literally something that Laura has studied. Yes, it is a topic very close to my heart that I feel like, I think we have talked about this a few times, but it'll be really, really cool to go in depth in an episode on here. Um, I did in 20... 21, 2020, a couple of years ago now, I did a year-long research dissertation on the tortured artist and suffering and musicians and looked at kind of different therapeutic ways that they could be helped. Um, And there's so much in this entire topic that we could never even encompass in one episode, but we're going to do our damn best. And you and Liv also covered this as well, right? Last year, I feel like. So maybe listen to that episode if you want to prep. Yes. We talked last year about all the artists that were canceling their shows in the name of mental health, which Mm. is kind of like what we'll be starting next week's episode off with. But then we'll be going into some things that Laura will teach Mm. me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, but the one person I did want to talk about from Glastonbury was Lana Del Rey. Did you oh, yes. see? So she came out 30 oh, minutes oh. late for her set and she said it was because of her 
crew getting her hair, like she said, my hair fucking takes ages to do. Um, and so then, because of the midnight curfew, her set got cut off, and the mics got cut off, the audio, the like, all the imagery and stuff, the lighting, and so she went into the crowd and did like a version of Summertime Sadness, and then, which is kind of an ironic, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a really, <laughs> like, you're, it's in the middle of summer, and you've just been cut off, and you barefoot in the crowd singing summertime sadness because you're so sad that you're and I'm sad <laughs> and then she did video games um just with the audience singing back to her but I just wanted to get your take on this I put this on tiktok of all places in like one of our roundups and half the people were like we loved Lana like her set was amazing she shouldn't have been cut off and then the other half were like no it's a festival you have your set times there's people waiting for you you show up on time i just wanted to know where you sat on that i could basically just a quick caveat living in the uk all i have seen like we landed last night at literally 1am and so i was back on instagram today and all i have seen is glastonbury like it is my entire feed everyone i know is there i can't really think about it too much (laughs) but i was in greece so who cares but (laughs) the videos of it are crazy like I didn't realize she literally got down on her knees and like begged to like stay on the stage like I actually cannot believe how I think my first impression I was like I cannot believe how ruthless they've been with the curfew because I have been to so many gigs where the lights come on and then they go okay and they turn them off and they do a couple and we all know where there's a a fake encore you know like there's things always but I had never heard that Glastonbury was so tight with their yeah. set times, but evidently they are. When I watched the video, I don't know if you thought this, but when she was saying that about her hair, I wondered if it was just like a joke. Like, Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Do you, was it actually that her hair and makeup took... Has she made a statement at all? She just said on stage, my fucking hair took so long. But yeah, I didn't but, know... If- but since that, she hasn't, no, right? She's so. not said a thing. Because I'm like, was it a joke? Was there? Because if there's a reason... But maybe that is the reason. I'm also like, you've done this style of hair and makeup basically your whole career. It's not really an excuse. You know how long it takes. When you, It kind of reminds me of Frank Ocean at Coachella a little bit. You know how he sort of did a lackluster performance. I mean, in Lana's case, I will say, apparently it was the performance of a lifetime. It was a beautiful set. I know. All the reviews were amazing. Yeah, phenomenal. Like, everyone said she stole the entire show. Yeah. And so... I just would have been gutted because I fucking love Lana Del Rey and I would have wanted Do everything. you? Yes. I did it's not like know that about you. 2010 Tumblr, like fucking plug it into my veins. I'm so depressed. I, I'm born oh, to die. God. Like, So I would have been gutted. Um, but my next question is, should we care? Do you care about this? I think I really care about it. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's so many elements of it that are so... I'm just, like, actually getting cut off, her getting down and begging, them saying no, her going, fuck it, I'm going to sing anyway, the crowd singing back. I loved that video of everyone singing along with her. But then I also saw a video of people booing, which I was like, are they booing the sound guy? Are they booing her? I don't know. More digging to be done? (laughs) More digging to be done. Stay tuned for next week, but I definitely care. I care too. And, like, I think it's enough just to be, like, a fan of Lana and care about it. Like, even if there wasn't all this stuff going on, um, I would have cared. Okay, the next 
should we care? Um, and this is really niche and I just wanted to give it a brief mention in here because I think I need to write about it. And it's kind of similar to our Ozempic chat that we had um, on the pod. But it is this woman and this trend that I'm seeing on TikTok right now. And it's, I don't know if you would have seen, it's her with a plate of just raw vegetables and a chicken and apple sausage. And she dips it in mustard and dips it in cottage cheese and drinks her electrolytes. And that's like all she eats 24-7. And now it's this like <laughs> mustard trend where it's... And I'm seeing it get into like really bad like territory with sort of disordered eating. Where it's like this new like trend of how to eat clean. And everyone's just got this plate of raw vegetables. And they get their sausage and they go, chicken apple sausage and mustard, Brussels sprout, and mustard, like blah, 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 and mustard. And What? Yeah, it's this weird raw vegetable mustard cottage cheese trend, and I'm seeing it all over TikTok now, and it's starting to, like, infiltrate my feed, and it's made me be like, wow, should I try this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, this is actually just, like, the new... I don't know, we've had all these eating trends in the past. That are, or Eating trends are always worrying to me. But this is like, I don't know. I'm, I have and, not seen a, th- I mean, to be, again, I've not seen anything. But no, we. I mean, like, we do care about this, but we don't think you should try it. No, I, I don't think you should make mustard and Brussels sprouts and raw vegetables and one sausage your, like, only meal. I think, so the thing with this woman, I can't remember her name, is she does it, she has Lyme disease, and she does it because it's okay. a good diet for her um, inflammatory. But in her in her, in her her um, username, it's her name, and then weight loss. So it looks like <sighs> it's just for weight loss. And I just wouldn't be, I just wanted to say it on here because I wouldn't be surprised if we saw someone writing about this or we saw this becoming a thing. Um, yeah. And I think I'll write about it because it's like, it's just another, like, you remember Sarah's day and all that clean eating green smoothie yeah. sort of energy that it's just a new version of that. And I don't know, eating trends are just something that's very fascinating to me, but also I'm putting this in here cause I care and I think it's interesting and no one's talking about it yet. And I also can't wait to see which mustard company decides to be completely insane and jump on this and get behind it and get very quickly without for it. And I feel she always drinks electrolytes and I feel like she's a company, an electrolyte company maybe. I don't know. There's there's things going on and I'm like... Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I will be finding this straight after we're done yeah. recording here because I'm sorry, it's one of those things where when you're describing it, I'm like, okay, there's, yeah, a, I know. there's a chicken apple sausage chicken and apple. there's cottage cheese. Yes, on a plate. It's like... <laughs> I don't know. I know. And I felt weird explaining it to you too, but that's happening. And then... I'm a visual learner. It's not It's not making sense. It's not, I'll send it to you after this. And then the next one leads into our chat about the Kardashians. Um, Kourtney Kardashian announces that she's pregnant in actually kind of a cool way. Obviously, uh, yeah. it's all marketing, obviously. But Kourtney Kardashian held up a sign at a Blink-182 concert that said, Travis, I'm pregnant. And the inspiration for the sign is 
for those that don't know, um, in a music video for all the small things, like in a section of that music video, a fan can be seen holding up a sign that says, Travis, I'm pregnant. And so Courtney recreated that. And it, it's actually, I'm not going to lie, it's actually cute for them because they've been trying to have a baby for quite a while. <laughs> I thought it was very cute. And I thought it was, I quite like the video. Yeah. I'm I, say it. Same. I quite liked it. So should we care? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I don't know. It's just cute for them and I know there's like all the cynical shit you could be saying but it's like it's just a creative idea although I will say did you like obviously I got the reference afterwards but I had no I'd never seen that video no, before the original had you that's it's before our time right so good marketing for Blink One Night Two as well this is what I'm saying actually, actually. <laughs> whoever's behind all that has done a brilliant job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then to follow up on the Kourtney Kardashian story that we obviously care about a lot, um, they've just announced that it's a boy and they did like a drum Have roll. Have they? A drum roll, like literal drum gender reveal. So it's oh a boy. Oh my God. Okay. Well, now we're going to talk about the Kardashians in general and whether they're still relevant or how they're fighting to keep their grips on relevancy. Mostly because the new season of the Kardashians has come out and... I don't usually, like, religiously watch, but I used to love when it came on when I was a kid. Mm. Like, I fucking ate that shit up. And then I actually have watched all episodes of this season. Welcome. It's a good place to be, Luce. It's a good place to be. Are you a watcher? Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Give us your Kardashian journey. When did you find out about them? When did I begin on this journey? Well, first of all, yeah, I I feel like this is going to be, I mean, we've already talked for goodness knows how long, so we're going to have to keep this pretty pacey as it is. But when you messaged me about doing this, I was interested to see where you stand on the Kardashians. But I, I think in a very similar to you, grew up with it kind of on, was it on E? How did you watch it growing up? On E. It was on E. Channel E. E. And like, because there's so many damn episodes, it's just always on for hours. Or if I had a sick day, like kind of just watching that and dipping in, dipping out, never really keeping up. But then this, this Disney, basically I think, yeah, I had a gap of, I haven't watched it religiously at all, but I have watched all the Disney episodes since it's been with them. I guess two seasons, is it? Three seasons, I don't know. And something about it has got me. I think what's really interesting is the way that they've kind of produced this season or these seasons with Disney particularly is they've really tied in what will happen in the real world. And then you'll watch it play out in more depth and do that in quotation marks because I realize no one can see me. You'll see it play out in more depth, like two months later when you watch the season. And I find that super interesting because I, where else do you really do that? Like, I know, unless it's like a movie coming out and they've lined up all the press with the movie, but this is just a TV show that they've... That they're all producers on. I think now, I was looking at the credits today when I watched the most recent episode, and I think they're all producers on it now, or well, most of them are producers on it, so they all have a say in how it's put together, I assume. And like, they all say that they hate doing it, like on the show, it's very meta, they say they hate doing it. It's all... so meta! But then they need to get that back or like who are they anymore without this show like they all have their businesses like healthcare beauty i mean they have a range of them but the show is 
I don't know. I, I just think they're really... And Liv and I have a whole episode on keeping up with the Kardashians' PR machine, so we're not really going to go into that. Oh, I loved that one. You can go and listen. I loved that. But I just feel like they're so shameless and untouchable in the way that they... Like, the way that Kim fucking photoshops different children into photos and things like that. They're so shameless. Wait, what? You know, like, there was that photo of one of Kim's kids and one of Chloe's kids or Kylie's kids at a, um amusement park. And she'd photoshopped one out and another one in. And, like, it was just widely known. I feel like they photoshop things... For some reason, they like Photoshop fails, but the Kardashians want them to fail, and then they don't care when everyone talks about them. They're just very, I don't know, shameless about shit like that. Why do you think, so this is, for people who aren't accustomed, obviously we're not going to explain who the Kardashians are, but I was really intrigued when, so the season ended, you know, it was, I think it had been gone for like 10 years or something yeah. insane. They'd done so many seasons with E, it ended. They were like, the Kardashians is gone, we're gone for good. like 16. And then it was like, and we're back. And yeah. we're on Disney and we're better yeah. than ever. And I would love to know what those conversations looked like as to why it ended, why it began with a different, you know, network. But it almost feels like part of that. I think they probably knew, I guess from a marketing perspective, it's like if you do this big song and dance that something's going to end and it's going to go away and then you quite shamelessly bring it back, there has to be a reason that you're going to bring people into this new thing. Cause they'll be like, well, the old one ended, I assume it ended cause it was done what's this yeah. new one got and I feel like what this new one's got is that they like you said share so much shamelessly it's so meta like they're sitting there going Courtney's you know shared less about herself than I have about me and my divorce and like this yeah. and this and I'm like how can you be discussing this no I know and, and like it's but it's interesting okay the reason that they moved from E to fucking Hulu or Disney or whoever actually produces it now is definitely just money. Like, E, sorry, it's a sinking... Like, E's not the relevant place to be. So there was definite money chats. And then also, it's so interesting the way that you just said, like, they share heaps, but they share it so calculatedly that nothing... And we can't expect them to be relatable, obviously. They're the most unrelatable people in the world. Entirely. But... They share, like, Chloe, I think she is, she just seems like she is having the roughest time of anyone, well, not of anyone ever, but she's having a rough one. She's going through it. Anyway, I think the Kardashians are not relevant, like, not that they're not relevant. I think they're not that interesting to the generation below us because this is something Duncan talks about all the time, is we grew up at the end of, like, the monoculture, where there was, like, one thing that everyone watched, a few artists that everyone listened to, you know? And we had that with the Kardashians. They were, like, the social media stars we all knew, the reality stars we all knew, and younger, the younger generation don't have that. They didn't grow up with that. So I feel like... Because I don't really care that much about the Kardashians, but I find them a really interesting representation of the society we've like moved through they're like a time capsule yeah they are and for all the people that are kind of like i hate the kardashians why are we talking about them why like are we still giving them attention um i just want to read this quote that is from the woman behind kardashian colloquium because she's fucking smart she studies them as like a i don't know represent representation of society and she said 
Attention focused on Kim wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress on the same night that Politico leaked papers suggesting that the US Supreme Court plans to overturn Roe v. Wade. It's impossible to pretend that pop culture didn't give human rights a run for their money in the attention economy that underlies every aspect of life online. And then, because I'm just like, you can say that you hate them, you say you don't care, but we actually can't just block our ears and pretend that they are no. not really telling of the time we live in. And then a professor, Meredith Jones, who runs something called the Composium. She's, like, fucking smart as well. And I love this quote from her. When energy is spent declaring that something is not worth serious consideration, I know it's important. Because when people devote time and space to condemnation, it immediately makes me wonder what social fears or cultural desires might lie beneath the aggression. I'm interested in what this family can teach us about ourselves, about our cultural concerns, about how our societies are changing, about our fears and horrors. And wow. I'm just like, these, and this feels like a larger thing about when people shit on you for talking about pop culture. It's like, you're not, you can, it's fine to just talk about it because you're interested in it and because you like it. But it always shows you something about society. Like, I'll turn on the Kardashians and I'll see how much those women have shrunk from mm. the past two years. And I'm like, this is showing us the way that, you know, they introduced the BBL era and then all these young women felt like they had to get BBLs. And now they're allegedly in their Ozempic era. And it's showing us, among many other things, the way that we follow a trend, like, from people that we that the world allegedly doesn't care about but who are shaping literal the body and the standard of beauty for so oh many Oh, my God. Women. There's That's an like, amazing, amazing article by Gia Tolentino. I think it's in Trick Mirror, and it's also just online. And it's The Rise of Catface. And it's just yeah. so good talking about this. And I think you're exactly right. It's like, no one's telling you you have to go watch the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. It's me loose will. But that's our job. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think to, like, pretend it's not happening or equally, and I – I think I'd say this about anyone. I just, the amount of like abhorrent, I don't even know what, that they must get their way. Like anyone saying these people should die, anything like that, just no. We don't yeah. ever talk we about people that. like that. So like, we just don't do that. But they, they're they permeating culture. I mean, literally, Rupert will sit with me, Stanley Tucci Light, when I'm watching it and he'll be like, that one's Kendall. I'll be like, that is Chloe. And he'll be like, that one is Courtney. I'll be like, that is Kim. But he came to me the other day when I think him and maybe it was just him was at an Arsenal match and like one of the Arsenal players like put up a FaceTime video talking to her or something and then like it spurred this whole thing where they called it the Kardashian curse because I think Arsenal started losing after they attended that game and now it's permeated Rupert's whole world and he's like yeah I know the Kardashians they're the Kardashian curse (laughs) Like, yeah. they, I mean, to what you were saying earlier, they are finding ways to be re- relatable, relevant, and it is working. Yeah, like, I think for, Love it or hate it, it's working. For this age group. And, like, they are just, Chris Jenner is a mastermind. And I always, I love Chris Jenner, right? I'm going to say it. I fucking love Chris Jenner. And I, I feel like when Chris Jenner dies, and I don't, I'm not watching this into existence, obviously, but I feel like when she passes away, it's going to be like... You know when we were kids and Michael Jackson passed away and the world just... It was the first mass mourning I think I have been a part of that I remember. I think Kris Jenner will be like that 
for our generation for our specific oh like goodness. i think that I just be, can't i don't i don't think she will i know like i know i'm bringing a prop but like <laughs> and that's the thing i don't imagine it happening i don't want it to happen but i think it, that'll be just really interesting um to live through i also wanted to read this out because again it's much i'm gonna link this article that i got these wonderful quotes from it's called it's in refinery 29 it's called why i won't stop intellectualizing the kardashians it's basically talking about how if you don't just want to stick your head in the sand and say you hate the kardashians and and they're irrelevant you don't want to look any deeper you can look at them as people that are representations of other things like if you don't want to see them as people because it makes you really angry at least if you want to take a deeper dive you could see them as representations Um, representations of the complexity of racial mutability in america the entrenched tradition of white consumption of black culture and the wave of social media perpetuated performative activism that we're all increasingly grappling with and all that seemingly silly content analysis when done well it can offer insight into the power of narrative which we tend to take for granted despite the fact that narrative is a driving force behind all publicity and politics and this reminds me of sort of that 2020 era when people were learning about really fucking serious issues particularly in america and Mm. a lot of them to make sense of it used the kardashians as a lens to help them grapple with much serious be representations of much more serious issues so it's just not dumb to look deeper into these things and use them like I love using pop culture as a way to help understand the world and if it has to be the Kardashians and the way they've positioned themselves oh there's so many things I mean and if nothing else it's a study in I think PR like you said before and like you can listen to that other culture vulture episode with Lewis and Liv but the number of things this family has bounced yeah. back from that I genuinely was like you can't yeah you can't bounce back from that you can't bounce back from like what I mean, and again, it's like, warranted or not, there's been, they, there is a lot of criticism. And I think a lot of it is warranted. And then there's just a lot of like, hate as well. And there's a, there's so much there and they continue on. And it is either a lesson in PR or a lesson in culture or something, but there is something going on there that I think it's worth paying attention to for all the reasons you've just outlined. Yeah, and then the amount of rebrands as well that these people have done, It's and it's not just even in how they look, although that's a huge one. Just like people right now are saying that Kylie's rebranding um, to be more like Sophia Ritchie because she sees that that's working and she's doing the quiet luxury thing with no no labels and, you know, no blah, blah, blah. And just it must take so much fucking energy to be trying to stay relevant your whole life because it is your job but it's almost like kudos like they have enough money that they could just tap out and some would argue they should just fucking tap out and go and live in hydra and um i don't know like live the dream but i just feel like maybe chris jenner's instilled it into them maybe they're just scared of not having attention anymore but there's something in that group of women that just keeps them going like if if nothing else they've got gumption <laughs> no one wants to get up and fucking work i mean that no one wants to get up with gumption anymore and <laughs> i've been saying that but <laughs> that's one of the things that i literally was like surely they can't bounce back from no that. literally but they bounce back from everything and i there is also something in 
when you have that much money, you're kind of untouchable in that way because you can just disappear and get over it. And But I would say, I, this kind of sounds opposite to everything I've been saying, uh, their influence, I think, is in dwindling. Like, I don't think they have very much influence anymore, but I think them as symbols in the world we live in um, is still relevant. At least pop culture symbols. and Yeah, 100%. I mean, do you follow any of them on Instagram? No. No, see, neither. No. I only see them when I seek them out. Yes. Which is why I think younger generations won't. Won't be. That's what I mean. I think all my knowledge of it comes from either, like, peripheral, where it, like, permeates other culture. Yeah. Or watching the very curated... Yes. Like TV shows. So even that in itself, it's like they're influencing, but they're not influencing. Like you're not daily seeing how many of them are there? Seven images? Six? Yeah. I I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know. But yeah, that's an interesting question that we don't even choose to follow them. But that's because they are just everywhere. You don't have to follow them to know them. So Mm. cultural symbols, everyone. We're telling you. We're telling you. And on that note... On that note, we've already done what's on our radar. I will say um, I'm interviewing tomorrow um, the two boys that play Conrad and Jeremiah from the summer I turned pretty for TikTok. So Ah! stay tuned. Come and follow our TikTok because we're doing some like – I'm going to ask them some mundane poll questions because I feel like they'll be sick of answering – like, you know, yeah. the standard, what was your favorite scene to shoot? And blah, blah. So I'm like, we have 15 minutes. Let's just do some funny oh my God, questions. I love that. Oh. So, yeah, I know I'm going to be swooning. And also, yeah, Belle's interviewing Curtis Sidenfeld, writer of romantic comedy, tomorrow. And that will be for the book club podcast. So come and become a Cisco supporter. And you get so much good extra shit. And also, you help us do this as a job and keep and going. Make sure that. We can pay Laura to be here <laughs> and her late nights. And my late nights. And I'll be interviewing Stanley Tucci as soon as we find yeah. a contact. So um, <laughs> message me, DM me, yeah. uh, like, Laura's comment. life goal. <laughs> Laura's life goal is to interview Stanley Tucci. And you've already asked him one question, so we just need you to be able to ask him 20 more. I think Stanley Tucci or Dolly Alderton and I may as well just give up. That'd be my life down absolutely done so doable give me give me a week in portugal and free up some brain space and we will um and we're there we're we're there we'll make that happen um thank you for listening to this random episode and rant of us finding our feet again hope you missed us Uh, hope you missed us (laughs) hope you lucky missed this episode no (laughs) um and we shall with utmost pleasure see you next week Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.